Hello and welcome to The Lavalda Show, Women of Power. Well, in today, this is the show where we talk about the essence of a woman's power. We talk about the tools, techniques, strategies that are the core of what makes them powerful. In this show, we talk with both men and women about what it is that it takes for a woman to show up, stand up in her total power and authority. Today, we're talking to Keith Blakemore Noble, who is the UK's number one fear strategist, starting from shy to now being on stages globally around the world. He is also joined by the incredible Nikki Stewart, who is all about helping you to change your careers and change your perspective. Welcome to both of you today. I'm very much looking forward to this particular episode because if there's one thing I know about showing up powerfully, um, especially with women in my experience, Keith, is that often, and we hear this a lot, this idea of, how do I put it? Um, this idea of imposter syndrome, that's the word that I'm looking for, and not feeling like we have the confidence to show up 100% as ourselves. So in your, firstly, what got you started as a fear strategist? What got me started was that I used to be terrified, mainly of uh, speaking with strangers. And things came to a head. I decided you can't go through life like this anymore. If you carry on like this, Life is just going to suck. You've got to do something about it. So I did. I learned NLP hypnosis coaching to sort myself out. Found I enjoyed it. Found others enjoyed working with me. And that's why I do what I do now and have done since 2010. Fabulous. And Nikki, <laughs> you work a lot with people around changing their careers and changing their perspective. How did you get into that? And why do you think it's so important, especially with entrepreneurs? So my experience when, when I started my own business was really, I felt very lost. I felt very lonely. I started it with a great client base and I was good to go and I successfully managed to run it into the ground. And the reason why I started this business was to really help people overcome that and to get things right the first time. So if you are working in corporate or you have a job and you want to transition out of that and start your own business, these are the foundational skills that you need to build a really solid, good business and get it right the first time. Keith, when you've been working with entrepreneurs in particular around fears, mm -hmm. what do you notice tend to be the key fears? And do you see a difference between your male colleagues versus your female, your male clients versus your female clients? Sure. So the, the most common fears tend to be around uh, interacting with people in in two particular ways one is speaking speaking with people like standing up on stage uh, or standing up and speaking at, at networking meetings for example for so many people that's something which is so outside the comfort zone it becomes a really scary thing to do to the to the extent that they kind of shy away from doing it and of course speaking 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 is a great way to connect with people <clears throat> both uh potential customers and uh, other people that we can we can connect with, network with and, and joint venture with. So that tends to be the most common one. And the second most common one is, is actually making certain kinds of phone calls, whether it's picking up the phone and making prospecting calls or whether it's seeking to get um, introductions in, in particularly in larger companies. People seem to have for some reason a block about connecting with larger companies or even, and this one can be a killer, 
calling up the customer, and breaking bad news to them. And that has been a killer for so many companies. They rather just bury their head in the sand, hope the bad news goes away. Of course, it doesn't. The customer ends up then uh, getting really, really annoyed. As for whether there's a, there's a difference between <clears throat> between uh, men and women on these, broadly it seems to be the same ac across across both uh, both men and women. Uh, interestingly, uh, in other in other areas of fears, that there tend to be different patterns. But for these sort, that that speaking up and um, whether it's speaking on the phone or, or speaking to, to people, it seems to be the same. Men tend to kind of hide it a bit more and brazen it out a bit more. But when you get when you you get down to it, it seems to apply equally across both. How interesting, because I think especially <laughs> for women in our heads, we kind of think men have got it a bit, a, together a little bit more. So it's interesting that you say actually they're just a lot better at hiding it. Um, but that doesn't mean it's better that they, because they can hide it, that makes it better. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that at all. I kind of want to touch on something you said a little bit there, Keith. You talked about <laughs> networking and Nikki, I know you've done quite a bit of work, particularly around um, in the townships in South Africa where you're based around what makes networks that allow people to really be able to stand out. Do you want to share a little bit about that and what kind of ecosystems you think it is that women need in particular in order to be effective as entrepreneurs? Well, social capital is one of the key things that has been identified as a success factor for a lot of entrepreneurs. It's that old adage of it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, we need to know a lot about the what because it's the who that's going to get you in the door and then the what that's going to keep you there. But it's really understanding um, the connections that you have and building those connections and learning how to, to leverage them. And, and I feel like men tend to um, connect better. They, they don't feel afraid of picking up the phone, phoning somebody and going, hey, remember we were at school together, you now in this position, maybe we could go and have a drink and chat about this, this is what I need. Whereas women tend to, well, you know, I haven't spoken to Lavelda in five years, I need to kind of take her for breakfast and we need to have a discussion and I need to kind of nurture this before I actually just get out there and go, Lavelda, this is what I need, this is how I believe you can and I honestly think, you know, as Keith said, the best way to build those networks is to put yourself out there. And that can be incredibly scary because you feel like people are judging you. You make a video on social media that shares a relevant point of view. And the first thing that goes through your head is, oh, everybody's going to think I'm an idiot or that I don't know what I'm talking about. Or who is she to be saying these kind of things? Like what makes her such an expert? So I think it's a very it's a very tricky thing to manage, but fortunately we do have people like Keith to support um, people through these things. But it is incredibly important that you actually get out there as much as possible and build these connections. And I know at the moment it's it is a little bit more difficult because a lot of us are in lockdown, but there are ways online that you can actually nurture those connections through LinkedIn, through Clubhouse, through those kind of business-based type platforms. Love that. There's always a way to kind of get started. So Keith, I'm now really curious, right? Um, <laughs> knowing that one of one of the greatest fears for people is speaking up and everything I'm about is encouraging women to speak up and speak out more. Do you have a, a toolkit or a, a, a strategy, like a really simple strategy that you may be able to share that would really help people who were, <clears throat> let's just face it, a little bit terrified? Sure. The, 
let, let's take uh, speaking up, whether you're whether you're at an event on stage or speaking up at a, a network meeting or whatever. Couple of things to remember are that people are there to hear what you have to say. They want to hear what you, you have to say. They're there to listen. So it's not as if you're bringing in um, unannounced and uninvited to someone say, hey, everybody, listen to me. You, you are there. They're there in part, at least, because they want to hear what you have to say. I mean, if it's a networking event, they want to know what you do to see whether there's any connections that they can make with you. Or if you're delivering a talk, people are there because they want to hear what you have to say. They want to learn something from them. They want to get, get your experience. So people want us to be there, which means they kind of they're on our side. They want us to want us to do well. So think of it as, as a friendly audience. And another key thing to remember is, unless you're doing like a, a Shakespearean monologue, in which case everybody knows what you're going to say. But for, for when, you, when you're delivering a talk or, or network meeting, nobody knows what you were uh, meant to say. Nobody knows what you intended to say. So if you, if you miss a little bit out or you get it in slightly the wrong order, nobody will know. Nobody's going to judge you for any of those things. So. Before you go on, just take a few slow, deep breaths, just to just to calm yourself down. Get in touch with maybe bring back a really, really happy memory, a time when you you felt really, really happy and, and, and enjoying what you were doing. And then just step up and know they're there to listen to you. Nobody knows what you're going to say. They're going to assume whatever you said was what you intended to say. And they're going to take that. I love that. Deep breath. <laughs> and then just remember, nobody knew what you were going to say anyway. Um, Nikki, I'm, I'm really curious because you touched on it a little bit earlier where you said uh, men, you feel like men are generally a little bit better at picking up the phone to old colleagues and using their network to kind of get out. Do you have any advice for women who, because you work with changing perspectives and getting people into new careers and coaching them in their businesses, do you have any advice to people who really could do with building that ecosystem a little bit better to get out and have a greater impact, particularly now when everything's online? You've got to value your connections and really respect them. So if you ask somebody who is in the know to connect you with somebody, respect that. Treat that connection with respect because if you mess up that relationship, you're going to potentially mess up two relationships. And the starting point of that is really to identify who your allies are and who people potentially are who could help you in this process. And it might not be um, w women, it might be men as well, you know, so go go a little bit beyond your immediate network because you never know who knows who. So don't assume that oh, she's a friend of mine who works in a, the type, type of job that I would never be interested in. So she doesn't know anybody important because you don't know who I know. So it's really identifying that group of allies and nurturing that connection and remember to not necessarily pay it back, but look after that connection. Because if I've helped you once and you respected it and you followed through on the connection, I'm more likely to help you again, or even more likely to put you in touch with other people or expand that network. You know, I, th I think it really is one of these things that if we just keep paying forward, we can all benefit, benefit each other. So the key thing is just get those allies on your side, identify them, nurture them and look after them. Love it. Here's the thing, though, for some, you mentioned it earlier, Nikki, for some people, it's great because we've kept in touch with them. They're our besties. We've got no problem at all with them. It's easy to reach out. For others, maybe they've been in and around our circles, but perhaps we feel like 
they're further along than us, then who am I to ask that individual? Keith, as somebody who grew up painfully shy, <laughs> How does one overcome that where perhaps we know there are some great people on our network, maybe we've met them recently, but it feels a little bit like, hold on, I'm just getting started, I'm new to this, and they're so far ahead, there's no way they're gonna take me seriously. I certainly can't ask them for, for help. How do we get past that? How do we overcome that fear? You're right, that is a massive stumbling block, isn't it? Oh, I can't ask them this, they're way ahead of me. Why would they want to why would they want to spend the time with, with, with someone like me? <clears throat> me? And there's some a couple of things to remember. One is if it's somebody that you you used to know at some point, you're gonna have some common ground. We love reminiscing about old times. It's a great way to connect with them. Just reminisce about old times, compliment them on how far they've come. Because usually we like it when people compliment us and Sometimes we don't even realize how far we've gone. So when somebody brings that to our attention, it makes us feel so much better. Of course, we're going to feel warm, warm towards that person. And the other thing to remember is this. One of the reasons you're looking to connect with that person is because they're way ahead of you. They know things that you, that you would like to know. Isn't it flattering when somebody comes to us and asks us our opinion, ask, seek some of our knowledge? generally we really like it when somebody comes to us and says hey you know this I don't can you can you share some of that with me because they're paying us a massive compliment they're basically saying you know stuff that I don't know can you help me please rare is the person who go no I'm not helping you because I know lots of course they go, <laughs> wow you, you want me to help you well I never thought of yeah I'd love to so yeah Make that make that connection. I mean, I mean, just, don't just dive in. Hey, tell me X, Y, Z. You could have a warm connection, but don't be afraid to ask because we, we like it when we when when we uh, when we get the opportunity to help. Heck, it appeals in some way appeals to ego. Wow, huh, I do actually know quite a lot. Go me. So yeah, go for it. What what's the worst that they do? The worst is they don't reply. In which case, you're no worse off than than you were to start with. But the vast majority of the time, you'll get something from them. I love the worst thing is that maybe they just don't reply because I think in our heads, the worst thing is they do reply, but they have nothing nice to say to us. <laughs> like, you know, that's what we're thinking. They do reply, but it's going to be a nasty long message. They're going to tell us about ourselves and all of those sorts of things. Nikki, I'm really on a, on a practical example in terms of building really great quality networks and connections and expanding our network. So for those people who perhaps in, in the current time of notice, maybe they could have networked a little bit broader, like mm, I'm looking at my network and I really don't know that many people who are the right fit. Do you have any suggestions on how uh, particularly entrepreneurs can go about expanding that network? I mean, you mentioned LinkedIn and Clubhouse, which is currently like a new audio only social media platform, currently only available on Apple for y'all, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth checking out. But Nikki, do you have any specific tools and techniques that maybe people can use for expanding their network and building that ecosystem for themselves? Look, there are a lot of online networking events that are happening at the moment. I've stumbled a few um, across a few on platforms like LinkedIn. And the nice thing about the online networking space at the moment is that I'm not limited to my geography. 
So automatically, I'm open to the whole world. I've been to networking events in London. Um, well, been to networking events in London, uh, but connected with people from there. So as a starting point, look for those um, type of online um, networking events. And often the structure is that you could potentially get put in a breakaway room with somebody and have a one-on-one -on -one discussion. Um, but that, that's really a great starting point, um, checking out online events and also reach out to people and suggest an online coffee. You know, if you are comfortable with them, if you do feel really nervous, um, start with people that you know, with people that are friendly and just say to them, I'd love to chat to you further. Can I have 15 minutes of your time just for an online coffee? You know, it's why not? Um, as you said, the worst they can do is not reply, which is fine. You know worse off than you, you were in the first place. But just reach out to people and, and really start connecting and start getting yourself out there and going to those events. You know what's really cool that I love that you said that um, you've had networking events. I mean, Nikki's based in South Africa. It's like you've had networking events with people in London. And I think it's a really great reminder that whilst we can think that um, the current pandemic has resulted in us being isolated, the reverse of that is it's also lowered the barrier to entry to enter markets that perhaps mm -hmm. we've been thinking about for a while that may have been a lot harder to do because mm -hmm. you couldn't fly into London. Well, you could, but it was pretty expensive <laughs> to fly into London and decide to do, you know, attend a networking <laughs> event. But you can do that online. So it's a great time for female entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in general to start to think, well, what markets would I like to tap into? And using the opportunity to get onto online networking events, like you say, Nikki, and, and see if we can start to build strong connections with people elsewhere, because people are actually putting time, attention and focused energy on those online platforms in a way that they weren't back in 2019, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, so this show is the Women of Power show. So it, it very much is an exploration of feminine power. But in order to do that, I kind of want to start with what you think the essence of a woman's power is. What is it that makes a woman powerful in your view, Keith? I think for me, uh, there's a quote which really sums it up uh, beautifully. And that's a quote by uh, Anne Richards. She, uh, and she said, the thing, with Gin the thing with Ginger Rogers is she did everything Fred Astaire did, but backwards and in heels. And to me, that really sums up um, the, the, the strength and the, and the power of women, because when you get right down to it, so often they're doing everything that, that men do and a whole lot more and there's a load of barriers and they still push through and still succeed. That, for me, demonstrates the, the amazing power uh, which which women have. And it will be so wonderful for all of us as an entire race, an entire species when we, we can we can let go of, of all of these artificial constraints that we that, that, that we put on, particularly that we put on women and just let women truly express their, uh, their power. It's going to be so wonderful for, for all of us. I love that. That is such a fabulous quote. Everything backwards mm -hmm. but in heels. And Nikki, what do you <laughs> think is the essence of a woman's power? I think it's our ability to nurture and to empathize. Um, you know, it's a I'm not saying that men don't have these traits, but women tend to have them a little bit stronger and a little bit more. And I think those are really important because it gives us this ability to read the room better, to pick up on the nonverbal cues, what's not being said, 
just the general feeling, but also to almost get into people's heads and, you know, look at somebody and go, wow, Keith sounded a little bit off today. Maybe I need to reach out to him and see if there's anything wrong. And that means I'm going to get the best out of Keith, either as an employee or even as a superior. It's going to build that stronger relationship. And I actually think as women, we are better at connecting with people than men are. If you look at the conversations that women tend to have with their friends versus the conversation that conversations that men have with theirs, ours are a lot deeper. You know, there's that old adage of the fighting with the boyfriend where the guy says, oh, well, you know, you'll be fine. How about that football? Whereas women, we unpack, we dig deeper, we really analyze. And that tends to build a stronger connection. And I definitely believe those are our superpowers. I love, love, love that. Because I think sometimes, especially as women, we can see that as a downside. Like we can see it as something that we need to push aside, that we need to not give that much attention to. And it's interesting because as I'm working with clients and they're, especially when they're looking for what to, what to talk about and what makes them unique, my perspective has always been, it's a thing, it's a thing nobody else can do because it's you. And, and I think sometimes it's, it's a great reminder of how important it is for us to lean into those feminine traits that we have rather than resist them. Because I think in certain mm. sectors in particular, especially the sectors that are very male dominated, we tend to suppress those. And so open mm. them up. They're actually a superpower that we can really work with. So this is the part of the show now where I really want to get to the bottom of what makes you powerful. And um, the reason I ask these questions is because we can often look at others, men, women, children, it doesn't matter, and look at what they're up to and think, well, it's fine for you. It's fine for you because you've got this, that, and the other going on. But as for me, I don't have that. And so the reason why I ask this particular question is because I like to break down the barriers to understand what is really the essence of what makes somebody successful. And so what I'm asking then is, if we were to take everything that you've both done in life and business to date and boil them all down to what I call your power tools. And these can be tools, techniques, strategies, ways of being that you would say have been absolutely fundamental to you being able to have the success that you've had to date. What would they be? And I'm going to ask for two from each of you. So your top two power tools. Keith, let's start with you. What was your, what's your first power tool, like your top power tool? I tell you, my, the top power tool is simply enjoy what you're doing. Enjoy what you're doing and don't care what anyone else thinks. Because so often we, we hamper ourselves, we're worried about what other people think, we desperately want to be liked. Unfortunately, throughout the whole history of humanity, nobody has been universally liked. Even Christ, Buddha, Prophet Muhammad, they all had their detractors, but it didn't stop them from doing what they fundamentally loved. Don't hide away. So just do what you love doing. And the more you do it, the more you're going to enjoy it, the more the more uh, life is going to be um, full of full of fun and, and thrills. And the more you're going to start shining out to other people, letting other people see, hey, actually, I'm not the only one who likes that. This person does, too. Huh. So you give other people permission to shine and to be themselves, to drop their masks, to stop them pretending. You connect with all these people who have similar interests. It's such a wonderful place. And besides, even if you're doing something and nobody else likes you for it, 
you're still enjoying yourself. Who cares? <laughs> so that would be my top one. Unapologetically <laughs> as you do what you Absolutely. love, unapologetically. And I think the interesting thing when you do that, it might be uncomfortable to start off with, especially if it's oh, something yeah. that's new to you. Very much. But, but the network that comes around you are now all people who love what you like. So you, you, your yeah. experience of life transforms as a result of it. I love it. Nikki, <laughs> what about you? What would be your top power tool? My top power tool is definitely, and this is something unfortunately nobody can replicate because it is my genetics. And I say that because I'm surrounded by the most incredible women in my family who have achieved amazing things. They are my role models. They are my mentors. They are the women that I go to when I need help, when I need support, when I need love. And I really have found that surrounding myself by incredible, powerful women in my family and friends that have helped lift me up and helped help support me when I need it is by far one of my, my greatest power tools. And the second one, which very much follows on from what Keith was saying, was really just be brave. It is scary. It is frightening. It it can be. It can feel overwhelming. But remember that bravery is not the absence of fear. It's doing something in spite of the fear. So just have that courage. And I love what Keith said about loving what you do because I think that will feed into your bravery. Just be brave. What's the worst that can happen? Chances are it won't be as bad as you imagine. So just take the chance. Oh my goodness. I, do you know what? I think people think that, because I, I get asked very often, are you, do you still get nervous when you go on stages? And I'm like, yes. I think people kind of think you get to a certain point and the fear dissipates. It doesn't. I just, I kind of recognize the pattern. There's a bit of nervousness. I get out there, it disappears, and then I'm having fun. But if I stopped doing it every time that fear came up, I love it. Be brave. Keith, what's your final power tool for today that you'd like to share with us? Final power tool that, uh, that I would share is just to remember there is no one size fits all. And that's true for everything in life. So often when we're looking for answers, we see the self-appointed gurus and experts saying, buy my solution in a box. I'll share with you the exact steps I took to make a fortune with the implication being it will work for you. It doesn't. Everybody's different. We're all different. All our situations are different. I mean, thinking about back to those people who say, here's my guaranteed steps. These are the steps I took to achieve what I achieved. If they followed those same steps right now, they're not going to get the same level of success because things are different. So there's no one size fits all. Don't get worried that other people are doing things in a particular way and getting results that you're not getting. That's absolutely fine. It just means that whatever you're doing, you need to adjust it to fit in with your situation, your circumstances, the, the, the people that you're with. So there's no one size fits all. Don't worry, you will find a way. Don't have to copy everyone else. Oh, that's like, it takes such a weight off your shoulders to kind it of does. Go, hold yeah. on a minute. I can, <laughs> I can adapt this strategy to suit me. And it goes back to something Nikki said earlier about understanding what works for you, right? It's really lovely to be able to kind of just let a weight off and go, I'm just gonna show up unapologetically as me and understand that not one size fits all. So it's okay to have a little play. 
we are fresh out of time. But before we wrap up, really quickly, I'd love to know how people can stay connected with you because after the bombs of genius that you've just shared today, <laughs> and there are going to be multiple people who are going to want to connect. So keep. We'll start with you. I know you've got a book out um, and there'll be people who are listening to this right now and think, oh, I could do with getting over some of these fears. Can you tell us a little bit more about how people can connect? Absolutely. Easiest way to find me is just go to my website, keithblakemorenoble.com or find me on social media, Keith Blakemore Noble. I'm blessed with uh, being the only person on the planet with this name, so it makes it a bit easier to find me. <laughs> Fantastic. So yeah, just look up Keith Blakemore Noble on uh, on um, on all the socials or to the website. And you mentioned the book. I happen to have it here. <laughs> it's called The Masks We Wear, and it is all about those masks that we wear when, when we're trying to trying to blend in and, and hide from 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 people. It's all about where they cut those masks come from, why they're dangerous, and how you can remove them so that you really can enjoy living life as you. Powerful, The Masks We Wear by Keith Blakemore Noble. Nikki, there'll be people who are listening. They've loved your wisdom. They want more of it. How does one get more, 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 Nikki? So the best place to get in touch with me is on my website, which is theyeffect.com. That's my company name. Or on social media, it's Nikki Stewart on LinkedIn or Nikki J. Stewart on Instagram. Those tend to be the places where I am the most active. Fabulous. And for those of you listening on the podcast, if you go to the show notes, you'll find all of these details because I think, Nikki, you've got a 20 minute free coaching session thrown in there, too, haven't you? Yes, I do. Absolutely fantastic. Keith, Nikki, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for your wisdom. I, for one, have learned a ton. Um, and thank you for all of you who have joined listening in, whether you're watching us live, please make sure that you subscribe to find out more. Until next time, it's been a fabulous episode and I'll see you in the next episode. Take care.